This is Peter Rose. I'm the editor of Australian Book Review and it's my pleasure to welcome you to Poem of the Week. Recently when I was in Sydney I called on David Malouf, who is the ABR laureate and David recorded one of the poems included in this year's New South Wales States of Poetry, all of which will be online shortly. David recorded his poem, Visitation on Myrtle Street, and at the conclusion of the reading, made a few remarks about the creation of the poem. David Malouf is one of Australia's most distinguished authors, a prolific novelist, short story writer, essayist, librettist, and so much more. But he continues to write the poetry that established his reputation many, many years ago before he wrote Jono and the Great World. In 2014, David's poetry collection, Earth Hour, was published to much acclaim and it has won many awards. Here is David Malouf reading Visitation on Myrtle Street. Visitation on Myrtle Street. I was woken at some hour of darkness before dawn, by a scent so heavy on my senses, on the room, that I was convinced a burglar had broken in and was loitering upstairs or in the hallway, or having caught my step on the stairs above him, was lying low in the laundry, or sitting upright and unbreathing in one of the Windsor chairs, unaware it was his scent that betrayed him. I checked the door to the balcony, then the door to the street with its double lock. In the dark front room, I checked the sofa. Stretched full length on its French blue, he'd be hard to detect. No one was there, but the scent was overpowering. What kind of scent? Kay would inquire at breakfast. Was it musk? Was it pine? No, something sweeter. Why do you ask? Something sharper, maybe cheaper. Because that would tell us, he told me, seriously, what kind of angel you were visited by. Here, I protested, in Myrtle Street. Why not? I took it in. Sometimes I wake to the smell of coffee being brewed downstairs. It wakes me. Why not the smell of an intruder? When I woke again, the scent had faded. What had not was the change I felt on my skin, on my nerves. Later, I worked for an hour or two at my desk, struggling with angels of another sort, who leave no trace I would call a scent of musk or sweat or pine, only pen strokes on a page they have changed with their lingering, when they deign to linger, or a dazzling blankness when they do not. That's actually a pretty straightforward rendering uh, of what happened. I mean, yeah. the dream and uh, my um, considerations of it and breakfast conversation, and then just what often... Uh, poetry does to you, I think, is makes you um, relate it somehow to 
some other part of your life that um, uh, is what you really are thinking about. Uh, the language, again, straightforward as I could make it, simply as if I was setting down a, um, an event which was perfectly ordinary, um, as it, it was in its own kind of way. Would that poem have undergone any many subsequent drafts? Uh, I think it's pretty much uh, as I first wrote it down. Um, what I did do, I suppose, was um, uh, just change one of those things that you sometimes need to change when you look back on what you've written. That is that a, um, uh, a word gets repeated in some kind of way. Or perhaps, um, uh, as often with me, um, a change at the end of the line that determines how it will be read. Um, how it will be read by me, but also how, the, um, how it will come to the reader. I mean, one of the interesting things about line breaks is because there's just that fraction of a second uh, when the eye has to move from one side of a page to the other. Um, you can play with the little uh, gap that moment gives you in what the reader has already heard so that you can um, leave something hanging there that the reader uh, expects and then doesn't get. Uh, or you just allow the reader that moment to take in what's happened before the next thing happens. And David, this poem will appear in a new collection of yours? I assume so. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Thank you, David, for the reading.